0: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook, download, and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com therapy. You'll find over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Like, how would you define the unconscious? That shit that fucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. That, that question's just too deep. I don't even have an answer. Most of us know what it means when we say a person went unconscious. So unconscious, you could be like unconscious, like blacked out, right? Like passed out unconscious. This is a physical thing. Like when you get knocked out or pass out, the lights go out our conscious mind goes yeah. to sleep. Sleeping, right? yeah. And when I interviewed folks in bars, I noticed yeah. that people often use the words subconscious unconscious, and unconscious interchangeably. Is that different than the subconscious? I, like, I actually don't know. This is actually something my friend Jesse Rhodes and I got to discussing because he was a bit confused when I asked him about it. So then I tried to break it down for him according to what I thought. The subconscious is like, and the unconscious, it's just like, layers of how how deeply hidden that information is but I think I was probably getting confused too see we're talking about phenomena that are very complex and philosophical and hotly debated in a field of study that includes science philosophy intuition frankly it's a beautiful mess I'm Lily Sloan and this is A Therapist Walks Into a Bar A podcast that brings therapy to you. Deeply embedded in the roots of psychology's history is this idea of the unconscious. It's a noun describing a thing rather than a physical state in which the brain is existing. But it's not a thing that's locatable. It's, it's not a distinct part of the brain, like the frontal cortex or the amygdala, which light up when the brain is stimulated in particular ways. For this reason, some argue that it doesn't exist, or at least dismiss it as not useful. But I find it hard to deny the reality of a concept, which is what it truly is. It's a concept that attempts to explain something that so many of us experience. It describes psychological phenomena so well, and it's a cornerstone to so much of the language we use when we talk about the human psyche, which is itself also a concept used to describe our inner world. The idea of the unconscious mind, while popularized by Sigmund Freud in the early 20th century, goes way back with references found in early Hindu texts, to Shakespeare, to philosophers like Friedrich Schelling, Since Freud, the idea has really stuck, because I don't think we have a better way to describe all of this stuff inside that is unknown to us. Going back to unconscious versus subconscious, for Freud, it was only the unconscious he cared about, because anything else was just stuff that wasn't readily available to us for no other reason than we just can't be aware of every single function all the time. But the unconscious... It serves a specific function, to house all the yucky stuff we've learned to repress because it was unacceptable. Still, the unconscious is often seen as something we want to shine light on, that we ignore it at our own peril, which is beautifully described in this quote from 20th century author Anais Nin. We ought to be much more fearful of what we don't know. We should really be fearful of an unconscious that inhabits us, that guides us, that influences our life and of which we don't know the face and don't know the message. Actually I have much less fear since I confronted fears. What's frightening to me is people whose unconscious leads them, destroys them, and yet they will never stop and look at it. That's the minotaur in the labyrinth, which many people never come face to face with. The idea of the unconscious is pretty uncomfortable. So out of fear, I think a lot of us often avoid it. It's scary, this idea that I could act on motives hidden even to myself. That racial bias, for instance, could be the reason a police officer shoots an unarmed black man even though they don't believe themselves to be racist, or that being a woman could impact my confidence in a leadership role. I'm a, I'm a supervisor. So I have men that are on my team, and as a female supervisor, I feel like when a, a male comes and stands over my desk and puts his hands on either side of the desk and leans over me, I feel like unconsciously I feel very threatened you know I just shut down I don't want to talk to that person I don't want to deal with them I don't want to say anything to them and I just say okay we're done now can you please walk away from me afterwards I think about it and I realize that I at that moment I felt very threatened by this big man like hulking over my desk like ah but at the moment I didn't I didn't realize that I just didn't know what to say I was just like uh or that you could be attracted to the same person over and over and over, despite the doomed outcome, because of something from your childhood that maybe you're trying to resolve. They, that you sometimes are aware of like something unconscious that you do or that's inside of you playing out in your life. And then you just keep burying it and burying it and burying <laughs> it. And then you continue to have the same problems over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because it's my life that's the only thing i figured out (laughs) consciousness isn't a journey upward but a journey inward not a pyramid but a maze every choice could bring you closer to the center or send you spiraling to the edges to madness After binge-watching Westworld while I was sick with a bad cold last December, I was struck yet again with how uncomfortable it is to know there's so much happening inside of me, driving my actions, that I know so little about and have so little control of. Even after years of therapy, it's like the Wild West in there. Far from home. I reckon he picked the wrong train. I he could have picked it off town. His big mistake, I think, was getting born. Stick around. I'll be right back. For you, special listeners of A Therapist Walks Into a Bar, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. Personally, I'm a pretty big fan of fiction to help me connect with psychological concepts. And one of my favorite pieces of surreal fiction about diving deep into the unconscious is Hard-boiled Wonderland and the End of the World by Haruki Murakami. You can find it on Audible, narrated by Adam Sims and Ian Porter. To start your journey into the underworld of the human psyche, download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash therapy. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash therapy. All right, back to the show. Often, when people come to therapy for the first time, they're not so aware of the underlying narratives and beliefs about the nature of the world they carry around with them. That constant inner monologue or dialogue between parts of the self are so deeply ingrained it's hard to see the forest for the trees. It's like white noise. And the thoughts feel like ultimate truth. For so long I wasn't aware that I was walking around so frequently under attack from what I've now come to understand is my inner critic. I just thought it was objectively true. That I was worthless, stupid, ugly, a failure, or whatever else my inner troll was relentlessly tweeting at me. But I also wasn't even aware enough to know that that's what I was thinking and feeling. Going back to Jesse in the chat that we had in the bar, while he sounds really unsure of himself as he's trying to describe the unconscious, I think he's really getting it. And maybe his uncertainty also highlights just how uncomfortable the idea can feel. They could be vague feelings that you don't know why you have them, but they're they're like kind of follow you throughout your life and, and stem from perhaps some experiences you've had, but you haven't like specifically thought through them or like labeled them, realized them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's there. It's just out of reach. What I was more aware of for myself was physical exhaustion, neck pain, maybe a feeling of hopelessness. But therapy helped me identify that voice and parse out the details of what was going on in there. Now I know more about what's happening, when it's happening, and I have the information I need to challenge this reality I constructed so long ago. And of course, it's super difficult. Replacing decades-old narratives is a complicated task. My inner critic is just one version of this minotaur in the labyrinth Anais Nin speaks of. If we don't face it, it has ultimate power over us. Like if I don't learn what it is I'm attempting to resolve through unhealthy relationships, I'll continue on the loop destined to replay my childhood hurt over and over again. Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, Carl Jung, talked about how the unconscious holds our shadow, the things we've deemed unacceptable to our sense of who we are and how we should be in the world. Like Anaïs and many others, he believed we need to face the unconscious and find ways to assimilate or integrate all the shadowy stuff we've attempted to exile from our minds. The unconscious is not a demon or a monster. But a natural entity, which, as far as moral sense, aesthetic taste, and intellectual judgment go, is completely neutral. It only becomes dangerous when our conscious attitude to it is hopelessly wrong. To the degree that we repress it, its danger increases. But the moment the patient begins to assimilate the contents that were previously unconscious, its danger Diminishes. Jung introduced another concept, the collective unconscious, which is bigger than our own individual unconscious. It's something that's shared in groups, families, cultures, humanity, and houses what these larger groups have cast out. I keep coming back to racism as an example, because as a society, we're talking about it so much right now. It's being illuminated in some pretty profound ways. And it's our denial of its existence, both as individuals and as a culture, that allows it to fester in us and in our institutions. The same is true of the ways our internalized beliefs about ourselves may be holding us back. If you're a man and you've learned that men shouldn't show emotion, the feeling and sensitive parts of you are cast out and are in diametrical opposition to how you conduct yourself in life. This takes a toll, and it probably leaks out in other ways, physical or emotional disturbances, relationship problems, you name it. I've said it before, and I will say it again and again and again, because I think it's important. The point of therapy is to have a safe space to begin to face what is painful or scary to look at inside of us so we can begin to consciously choose how we want to be in the world. And this is important because the things we're not conscious of don't just impact us, we are impacting other people all the time. But to become conscious, first we have to admit that there's a lot we don't yet know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know. This mini episode was produced by me, Lily Sloan. Jessica has taken the summer off to settle into her new psychotherapy internship, but she'll be back. Thank you, Kurt Kolsta of 99% Invisible and The Web Urbanist, for taking on the role of Carl Jung. And Avery Truffleman for coaching him. Thank you, Anna Howland of Anna Howland Psychotherapy, for taking on the role of Anna Nin. No, I don't think she does therapy with a French accent. Sorry. Thank you to the strangers at the bars for trying to answer such a difficult question. Also, thank you Jessica Brown, Jesse Rhodes, Molly Merson, Stacey McGirl, Kip Williams, Aurelie Goldblatt, and Adam Foster. Visit atherapistwalksintoabar.com for more information about this episode and the people in it. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter. It goes out about once a month when a new episode is released and usually includes some additional thoughts and a fun gif. That's right, I said gif and I'm not budging. I know you've been meaning to leave a review in iTunes, but you just keep forgetting. No worries. You can always do it like right now. Remember, these reviews do help more people find the show. Stay tuned for a special episode in August featuring Kip Williams as co-producer and stories of resilience from gay men in San Francisco. We went out and recorded during Pride Week, and I feel so excited to share their stories with you. Until then, thanks for listening. see mal wie das wie das alles ausgeht. Akzent machen, aber es ist ja nicht so wo?